Welcome back. Yes, my name's Emily. And I am Charlotte. And this is Surviving Online and Passwords. Before we get started, tri uh, quick trigger warning for discussions of sexual assault, sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse, and emotional abuse. Okay. All right, Mom. Yes. Been? Oh, it's been a tough week. I don't, midnights are never good. You're, you're on midnights all the time. Yeah. I swing shift and this week was just a, a busy, busy week. And, and we got a lot of emails, got a lot of emails. So I had yeah. some time to answer some emails, which was great. You didn't have time because it's been busy. But I'd made time. Oh. Okay. I made time to read and, and answer them. So it's been a crazy week. I had, I was woken up yesterday while I was trying to sleep to get ready to go back to work last night with a tornado warning and a clap of thunder that I thought the we were having an earthquake. Yeah. And then there was a tornado, and then I woke up today, and there were snow flurries. Yeah. So awesome. the weather's just about as, uh, you know, consistent as my emotions. Right. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Bad. But I want to say hi to everybody that's coming back. Yes. Say hi to everybody that's new. We've oh gotten God. so many new listeners in the last couple of weeks. We have. It, we have. And it's great. It's it's great on so many levels. You know, last time we said every time somebody emailed us and had a story, we were going to put a cork up for them. Yeah. And we had our one little cork from Guadalupe last time we recorded. And yeah. I have 22 corks to add. Today. Today. And while that is a great thing because 22 people felt comfortable enough to reach out and tell their story to me, it's sad that 22 people uh, had stories to tell. Right. But visually, we're going to add these corks. I'm going to let you talk while I add the corks because i got to move away from the microphone. And Lord, we've yeah. had some audio issues. <laughs> we're not professionals. Yeah. Um, so we got a bunch of emails this week mm -hmm. from lots of new listeners, um, who told their stories and some of them didn't want them read on the podcast. Some of them were telling, um, their story of sexual abuse for the first time. Yeah. Um, and it, it was really nice. Mom's been, um, kind of in charge of reading the emails and, responding to people we do have at least one email that we did get the okay to read on the air and i will go ahead and tell you guys that um we will not read your email or read your story without explicit um, permission or instructions in the story so um you know if you sent in your story um, and it didn't explicitly say like oh it's okay to read this we definitely are not going to read that um, so definitely feel like uh, the only two and tell us private things if you want to. And then if you want your story to be shared, we will absolutely do that as well. We're hoping, you know, if we continue to get stories, it's all about experiences, not feeling alone um, through what you're going through. So I love to read stories because even as a survivor who's kind of been going through this healing process for a while now, it's still nice to hear a story that's like very similar to your own because it is very isolating to go through this. Mm -hmm. There were so many that said, uh, you know, I'm not giving anything away here, but just said, I, 
I can't believe the similarities between what you guys are saying and what I felt. And I don't feel alone anymore. I don't feel crazy anymore. And that, that feels good. That feels good. And I do have to say my online persona might very well be Charlotte Wines. But if we continue to get emails in the rate that we're getting emails, we're going to have to change up the corks for something else because I don't drink that much wine. (laughs) I have some saved. You know, Bo suggested a bell. Like we could put little bells on there, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Everyone who sends a story will be represented by something. We're going to do the corks until we're out of corks. And this went from one to 23 in 10 days. I just really love like feeling like all these people are here and they like support me. And we support them. And and again, just like Emily said, I have I have been responding, uh, reading and responding to the emails. So there were some great emails. There were some really touching stories, but that is extremely private and personal information. I only had two emails that gave explicit instructions. One said, You can read it, you can share it, but I want to be anonymous. And the other said, absolutely do not under any circumstance share this. I'm anonymous and this is just a story for you Mm -hmm. and Emily. So um, unless you give me explicit instructions, I'm always going to assume you don't want it read and you don't want it shared that that's just for us. So So you might have picked up that what we're doing today is we are reading through some of our listener emails. This will be kind of a a listener emails episode and um, we're just going to start uh, with one of the first emails that we received. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Guadalupe's email um, yeah. last week. Yeah. So this week we're going to read one of these stories. She also has a question at the end that I think that we're going to address. I haven't heard this email, so this will be the first time um, that I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before we get to that, How's the wedding planning going? I just want to ask how the wedding planning is going because, yes, I've had a busy week at work and I haven't talked to you and you have your ring on today. You have your ring. It's sized. It's great. Do we have a guest list yet? No. You need to have a guest list, Robert. I have my list. Okay. But I don't know. You need to give it to me. We need a guest list so we can start moving on with this wedding planning. (laughs) Oh gosh, but your week was it okay? Yeah, it was okay. Fun. Good. You know, yeah, I mean, we got to check in. We got to check in. It's it's it was a busy week. That's that's good. I mean, busy is good. But um, we'll move on to our one explicit e- well one email that specifically said yes, you can share it. Yeah. So we're gonna read this email and then we're gonna get into a couple things that she asked. So absolutely, it says hi. Thank you for your podcast. It's helped me realize that I was molested or sexually assaulted a few times growing up. I'm not planning to press charges, but it happened habitually by a cousin a few years younger than I. When I was probably six to 10, and it says I've blocked it out for so many years, but I think I need to go through it. He would play doctor with me and touch my body parts that I wouldn't like, and he also would have me do the same to him. I don't know where to go next, but I'm thinking I'm going to start journaling, which that's a great thing to do. I mean, that's a great thing to do first, 
you know, go ahead. Because if this podcast triggered memories and they're just starting to come in, you've blocked them. And journaling and talking to yourself and writing them down is going to going to bring it out. And I think that's a great thing to do. Um, I've blocked the man's wife who used to peek in on me in the Porter John at my parents' work when I'd use the bathroom. I used to stuff toilet paper in all the holes, but I'd see one of his big brown eyes every time uh, with the toilet paper gone. I told my mom, I think, but she never did anything. I'll make sure that shit never happens to my daughter. I'll do the unspeakable for that little girl. Uh, I know that feeling too, you know, just the protection. I remember running to the bathroom when he'd be busy or begging my sister to go sit outside and make sure he didn't come in. Everyone blew it off like it was no big deal, which is very, I mean, it's infuriating, but it's, that's the, the weight, the weight comes when everybody blows it off. When you think it's, this matters to me, this is my reality and this matters to me, this makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. And everybody around you thinks it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Anyways, I'm 35 and married, but I've been very standoffish during sex, during most of my relationships. And it's making me wonder if that has anything to do with it. Um, have you guys done a podcast on this yet? I think that would be great. Um, and then she says, you can share it on the podcast, but I'd like to remain anonymous, please. All the best. Um, first, I am extremely sorry for what you went through. And I'm very sorry that you weren't believed or maybe believed, but then brushed off like you're it, like, it's not important. Like, uh, this is no big deal because the fact of the matter is you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything to encourage it. You know, that's not, it's, it's, you were just living life and whether they believed you or not, they did not help you to deal with what your reality was. And that was being scared and uncomfortable. And that I fully believe is going to lead to if you don't address it if you don't talk about it if you don't get some kind of help from someone it's gonna really lead to um issues with your relationship just like she was talking about she thinks she has it she's been very standoffish yeah i mean me personally after you disclosed Mm -hmm. i think probably you know timeline when you disclosed uh we had not even hit our first year wedding anniversary so we were you know basically newlyweds we dated for a couple years before we got married but we were basically newlyweds and you know for the first month maybe even longer than that I would cry tears every time we had sex because what was in my mind was what was going on, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. That affected our relationship. I mean, right. that, you know, how, how does that feel that you're trying to have this loving moment with your partner, and then all of a sudden they're crying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Well, you didn't do anything wrong. I've just got some shit I need to deal with. Yeah. So it's obviously going to affect your relationships going forward. 
until you do get some kind of help or talk to somebody to understand it's not them. It's, it's, it's what you've got to deal with, with what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's hard to explain to them because it's that old, it's not you, it's me. But in a lot of cases it is like, I've, I've got to get this out and I've got to understand that that affected them. Know how that affects my relationships, understand how to proceed with caution and, and, Try your best to make everything a healthy relationship. In the in the email, she said, right, she was married, 35 and married. So you've got a relationship now. Let me make sure. 35 and married. Um, and you talked about a daughter. So there is some healthy aspect of it. And if you've got somebody, I can only hope that that is somebody that understands what you, what issues had come up. So, um. I guess I'll kind of answer from my point of view as also being somebody who was sexually abused. Um, I have a lot of physical side effects, right? Um, I cannot stand when someone touches me, especially without asking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't stand it. So, um, like, if someone comes behind me at work and, like, grabs me around the shoulders, like, it startles me. I get very easily startled. That'll be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm very easily scared, very easily startled. And then I just get this general um, discomfort when mm-hmm. people touch me and I'm not expecting it. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously, like, a lot that goes on between me and my fiance about Mm -hmm. um regarding that uh you know one big thing that we're really struggling with is I just do not like um to be touched Mm -mm. I don't want you to hug me I don't want you to lean on me I don't want you to put your body weight on me um yeah I don't want you to touch me (laughs) so he finds that like obviously like he's a normal person and he wants to be held and he wants to be cuddled and here I am like Dude, Mm-mm. if you loved me, you wouldn't touch me at all. You know what I mean? Right. And I, you know, that's something that, like, at the same time, that's, like, something I have to work on because when I am in those comfortable moments, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy expressing, you know, physical love for my fiancé, you know, you know, when we're cuddling and stuff, but, like, when I'm not, and then I think about it, I really don't want to. And, like, you know, they'll, like, Robert will, like, fall asleep on me. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so angry. It, like, really fills me with anger. Well, I am, don't touch me. I am the, I was just going to say it's almost the same way. And these might be some repressed issues. But, like, if I'm in bed and... You know, I'm on my side of the bed and he's on his side of the bed Mm -hmm. and I'm asleep and I wake up and he is at all touching me. If his hands on my back or if his foot's over, I get angry. It's like you have tried to come into my area without consent and it, it makes me mad. Yeah. 
and I can't do anything because he's asleep, but I sit there and suffer with it until I go back to sleep. About, And I honestly have these, how dare you? You didn't ask. You didn't wake me up. If you're going to put your hands on me, wake me up. But he's asleep too. He's not doing it on purpose. But, but my reactions are such that, I mean, it's like I need to carry around a form that everybody signs. You have consent. You have consent. So it's unrealistic. Yeah. It's unrealistic. And it's still things that we deal with every day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even beyond personal relationships, which I assume uh, the question was, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouses, significant others, mm-hmm that that's what she was asking. But even on friendship levels, I really am unfair to people. I'm very unfair because of my trusting issues. I'm unfair mentally. Right. I think she was asking that, but I'm saying it affects all of it Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'll meet a man. Hey, how you doing? You know, my name's Bob. I'm Charlotte. And, and in conversation, He'll say something like, yeah, I'm the assistant coach of of the fourth and fifth grade cheerleaders. And I am automatically put a put a wall up. He is he's he doesn't I don't give the benefit of the doubt anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you be that when he might have been a great cheerleader in his day? And he is just truly doing great things and coaching these girls. I have unfair things that linger because of the trust issues like why would you want to have anything to do with you know fifth and sixth grade girls that's just wrong and that's not fair to a good person yeah I give good people bullshit of my own they don't you know they don't see it because it's in me it's the poison that's inside me but I it's it affects every relationship Mm -hmm. personal and friends kind of the the broader question is how are any interpersonal relationships affected. Yeah. Because fundamentally what sex abuse breaks down into is a lack of trust Mm -hmm. um, between two people and a crossing of boundaries. And trust is built when you put these boundaries up and they are maintained. And right. Um, So this, so basically what you're dealing with is like a deep fundamental um, loss of trust. So you are going to deal with that in all your relationships. Um, yeah. I mean, be, until you address it, and you're probably still going to deal with it. You're just going to be more knowledgeable. You're going to know better. And, you know, I, I responded to an email this week. I won't talk about the email, but you're going to learn coping mechanisms. And I told this lady, you know, there are times that I just have to stop. And ground, put my feet on the ground and say, this, you're feeling this way. And this is because you are an empath. You know, you, this is why it's not because you feel bad. It's not because you feel sorry for a person. It, it, it had to do with feeling sorry. The occasional, uh, you know, it's it's hard to even say out loud, but the occasional feeling I get of feeling sorry for your abuser being in prison. I stop. I stop when those feelings come because 
I'm extremely empathic and I take on the feelings of the person in front of me and I say to myself, I am, I feel sorry for a person, an individual who's in prison. I do not feel sorry for him. And you have to, so understanding it, 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 it gets you into being able to cope with it. Not necessarily get rid of it, but cope with it. Well, let's not get too sidetracked. Let's continue on with the theme of how um, prior abuse affects relationships. Right. Um, and she specifically was asking about uh, physical effects, right? Mm-hmm. She was asking about, like... I th- yes, because she said she was standoffish. Right. Um, I would consider myself very similar. Um, very hard... Um, I went through periods of, like, feeling like the only people who would like me are people who had sex with me. And then I kind of swung the other way and completely closed off. So, um, you know, it's definitely really difficult. And it's something that I still struggle with all these years later. And it's something that we're still working on. But, like... um, It's hard, and the only thing that has ever helped is communication, Mm -hmm. is sitting down and talking like, this is how I feel like, and um, we have just like set up this communication where we can pull the plug like anytime. There have been plenty of times where we're like having sex and like, Something's wrong. I don't yeah, feel good. I'm done. Like I'm st- like stop it. Like some horrible memory will like pop into my head, and I'm like, oh, well, oh, yeah, nope, mm-hmm. all all done. And if that does affect people, and that's something that you work through, and that's your individual journey, and um. But having someone that's willing to stop yeah. when you say stop is a great thing well, and it's then not a great thing yeah, it's a requirement <laughs> well right right <laughs> not just a great thing but also a requirement mm-hmm. for a partner you have to have somebody um who will work with the fact that you are gonna you know have things pop into your head you are gonna need to stop because um the physical act of sex is so closely tied to the sex abuse you're obviously going to have memories that pop into your head. You're doing similar things that, you know, that maybe only happened during the sex abuse. So, um, I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, that's not just great. That's a requirement mm-hmm. that you have somebody who stops and knows. But more importantly, you can't, on that same vein, you can't expect them to know that you are all of a sudden uncomfortable Without telling them. After the fact, oh, I I actually had this memory pop into my head and I was uncomfortable the whole time. Mm -hmm. Because they want to be there. You know, if there's someone who loves you, they should be there wanting to support you. They want to know that you've had this, um, you know, change in what's going on with you um, physically and emotionally. And um, they should want. Because someone that loves you and supports you wants to hear at the moment, I'm uncomfortable. Right. They don't want to hear 30 minutes after, hey, that really, really made me uncomfortable. Because that's going to make them feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who really loves you and is there to support you. So, yeah, the communication communication is key. And, and this this whole realization that you've just had and the, and the um, journaling and things like that are the, are the first step. But, yeah, I think, I think that's going to affect 
every relationship. Yeah. So I think even if you didn't know that it was affecting it, yes, go back and look. It affected it. Yeah. It affected it. And now that you know, you can work on it and and move forward. And that's all we ever want to do is just get better every day. Yeah, because that's all sex is, is like, is another act of trust, mm-hmm. another act of nonverbal trust. And um, there's a lot of vulnerability tied to it that is very easily, you know, that again, those feelings come up from when you were abused. So absolutely, even subconsciously, it definitely affects you because you're in that same position of being at someone else's mercy in a way mm-hmm. you don't have any power yeah and and once you start talking about it once you start dealing with it then you are in a position where at the moment that you feel uncomfortable you can address it right and you have someone that loves you and supports you and they're going to address it with you right. and they're not going to take it personally because they love you mm-hmm and that's a great thing. So, yeah, uh, to answer your question, we believe that. We're not experts, but yeah, in our humble my, opinion. Yeah, in my experience. And experience. Kind of what I've seen when it comes to um, physical reactions to abuse, even if, you know, you haven't addressed it yet, or maybe you're just now realizing that, hey, maybe what happened when I was little was abuse. Like, all of that. Yeah, it does affect your mm-hmm. physical relationship with your partner, even if you are married to them, and even if you've been married a while, even if you have kids with them. Like, all of that still comes back. So opening up the communication is a first step. That'll help you be less standoffish, because if you have uh, a way to communicate and just say, okay, here are my boundaries. Mm-hmm. If this happens, we'll do this. If not, we'll continue this way, and... Being, you know, and it may feel awkward at first if you're from, like, a super closed-off family that maybe doesn't discuss sex. Um, But I would definitely just sit down, like, with who you're married to and say, this is what's going to help me stay comfortable throughout, Mm -hmm. like, and just talk through it so that nothing's a surprise for you and... And if you know you can trust them, that standoffishness will absolutely, like, begin to mm-hmm. line up. Right. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of things I'm dealing with. Um, I'm supposed to be going to, like, physical floor. Mm-hmm. Pelvic, pelvic floor, floor. Physical therapy to, like, help. And I've been putting that off because I don't want a stranger around my pelvic floor Mm -hmm. so I haven't got to that yet you know there are still things I'm personally dealing with that isn't exactly you know the best way to address things but you know you just do things um yeah how you need to do them you know it doesn't but yes it's a it's a valid it's a valid point and and it's smart to see that even now. Right. Like you sit there and you think, this was abuse and I wonder if it had anything to do with it. Well, hell, that's the first step. Yeah, You've right. realized that, yeah, it did. Yeah. You know, it, it did because that's, that's smart and that's self-protection. We, we have to take care of ourselves. 
We have to take care of ourselves. This this week in reading these emails has been, there's a lot of stories out there. There's a lot of stories. And it has been heart-wrenching to read some of the emails. And it's been very, um, it's like a double-edged sword because it's wonderful that we have these 23 corks up there and these people who can now say they are not alone and they can share their story and they can feel good about sharing their story, but it's fucking sad that they had them in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, and it, it is what it is, but it's so it's, it's been hard, but you know, there are, there are people that have said they're still going to reach out and they're going to send more stories. And it, you know, we've got, it's sometimes it's just really, really sad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. No, that's okay. <laughs> but it's just, it's just so sad. Yeah. Sometimes. Is it the actual details that people are putting it's, in the story, or is it just the it's, sheer number? Or that's of, it's that both. It's like I would finish an email and respond, and then there would come another one. And it's, I don't know. And then they would say things like, I don't feel alone anymore. And it's just sad for me as an extremely empathic person that they felt sad and alone for all that time. And so they're kind of happy tears. They're kind of, thank God you're not alone anymore. Thank God You've got an outlet because we will be here and we will read them and we will support you and we will respond and we will help in any way that we can. You know, I'm meeting next week with them, the director of our local children's advocacy center to see how we can help each other. You know, can you suggest our podcast to some of the non-offending parents that come into you? Uh, Because we're not experts, but we are a story and you know, it could be a guideline. It could be an outline for something that that you could give them, you know, and, and that's all we're here to do and, and, and be support. And I'm so sorry that I just lost my shit. I'm sorry. I, every one of your emails have been read, have been felt deeply, yeah. and you're here with us. You're here with us, just so you know. And we'll still be here to, to continue on. You know, there are things I, I got emails from a producer who's doing a story about a woman whose husband committed suicide. And, and after, as she was trying to deal with that, realized that he did it because of unresolved childhood sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. You have to address it. Yeah. You have to address it because we want you here. You know, that's the main thing. Address it, share it. And we can be that one little outlet that you share it to. We're here for that. We're here for that. I'm sorry. So. Yeah, so I think just closing out on um, the thoughts of how the abuse affects trust, Mm -hmm. how the abuse affects relationships. Um. I have a very hard time opening up to people in general. If we're talking about um, just zooming out of just even physical relationships more into mm-hmm. getting to know people, um, people at work, you know, they're like, 
I really enjoy talking to you, but you're super closed off. I don't volunteer a lot of information about myself. Mm -hmm. I tend not to. Um, I'm a super lively person and super fun, but... Once you know someone. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, and I, I found that my profession, you know, at being a bedside nurse, I have gained a lot of skills in getting to know people really quickly and finding common ground with people really quickly. And that helps me. Um, in, you know, I'm starting to, we go out to a bar a lot and I'm starting to talk to people and just sit down with strangers. But at first it feels, you know, really awkward. I kind of feel like I'm being stared at anywhere I go, but I know nobody's really staring. You know, everyone just looks, but sometimes I do feel like people are staring at me and mm -hmm. I wonder if that comes back, you know, from the trial or that comes back from emotional abuse from my father making comments about what I weighed or what I looked like or what I was wearing. And maybe that like sits unconsciously in my brain and now I wonder if other people think that. So it affects me just like walking into a room with any other human being, mm -hmm. you know, that deeply. It does me too in my desire to want to be with other people. I often tell people that I meet new now once I get to know them that I wish they knew me years ago mm -hmm. because I used to be so jovial, just yeah. attack you with a hug and attack you with a laugh and just do a little tap dance. And, and I do that to the people that I know. Yeah. But I can't, like, even even Bo tries to get me sometimes to go out with him when he goes to throw darts. Mm -hmm. And he'll say something like, you know, there's so many people there. And I'm like, I don't know them. I, I don't know them. You know, it's like there's this huge wall that, that almost feels exhausting to try to, because they have more to prove than I ever made anybody else prove, yeah. I guess. It's yeah. kind of like in the beginning, I always, you know, the trust was just... <laughs> dollar bills at a strip club I was giving trust out to everybody and then when it got pulled away mm -hmm. it's it's hard for me to make a relationship now yeah because you know I often don't think about this but you were married to yeah my dad you know you give that trust that was, and that's a big you know as somebody who's getting married yeah mm -hmm. it's a huge chunk of your trust and then, you know, I do, and I apologize to people that I actually meet, like in the last four or five years, mm -hmm. that I actually meet and I actually form a bond with. I end up apologizing to them and telling them I wish they knew me before mm -hmm. because I was so much more fun. I, you know, the, there's so much that, that, that goes into new relationships now that didn't used to because trust was given so freely. Yeah. It's going to affect what you went through as a child, whether you know it or not, whether it's subconscious or, or conscious, whether you are even aware that you were abused, it's there. Yeah. If, if it happened, it's there and it does affect your relationships, mm -hmm. but you can, you know, work through it through therapy, through journaling. Great idea. Excellent idea. Uh, journaling and, and, and sharing it and communicating with the people that you love because they're there to support you. Yeah. 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 That's the most important thing is just staying really open and communicative with your 
loved ones. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that matter. I'm so... It's been a long week. Yeah. And I encourage you to write us. I encourage you to. It's... We... We want more corks. We don't want more corks, but we want more corks. Because the whole point is, here's the whole point. Let's just lay it out on the fucking line. Mm -hmm. The whole point is, one in four girls, one in six boys already have suffered it. Mm -hmm. The fact that I hear about it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They are already a statistic. So when you email us, when you write us, it doesn't change the statistic that it happened. It changes the statistic that we are all together and you're not alone. Yeah. You don't have to feel alone. Does that make sense? Yeah, it already happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the the emails, the, the, the messages, the comments, journaling yourself, talking to a friend, opening the lines of communication with the people in your life doesn't change the fact that it did happen. It just makes you feel not alone. Mm -hmm. And that's all we're here for. We can't, if it, I hope to stop it. I hope to stop it. But our goal now is if it happened, you're not alone. Right. We're here. So, um, I'm, oh, Oh, let me just add, we're hoping, you know, we had a great podcast today, I think, talking about our listeners and talking about, I say that as I sobbed in the middle of it all, but next week, we had another listener email, and this is not a listener who had a Me Too kind of story to tell, she just was sending a message saying, I love that you're doing what you're doing, but she would love to hear from Alex. Mm-hmm. Um as a sibling and as it as it happens i am traveling to colorado next week to see alex so we're going to test our technical skills we're going to test our technical skills and we're going to have emily here yes and alex and i in colorado and we're going to try to record next week's podcast with the three of us yes. and get some Alex insight. And I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm super excited. Yeah, we're going to interview Alex and kind of get his perspective as a sibling um, whose parent sexually abused a child. Again, he was not sexually abused or hasn't disclosed that to us. Um, and kind of what it was like to lose a parent. You know, one mm-hmm. day, this is my dad. I love him. The next day, this is my dad. He's in prison. Right. Um, and that's, you know, and kind of how he dealt with that and what his experience has been on his um, healing journey. Uh, we also have a meeting with the director of the Children's Advocacy Center. Hopefully we can get some awesome information to come back and kind of and share with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I also have uh, my fiance, Robert, um, uh-huh. wants to come onto the podcast and do an episode about what it was like experiencing um, sexual abuse as a boy. Yes. Growing up. Yes. Um, and kind of what his experience was, um, how adults reacted to him, and... Oh, we've got some great things 
lined up in the future. We really do. So we hope that you stick around. We hope that you share your stories. Yes. We hope that you stay with us. Your stories, of course, explicitly let us know if we can read them. Um, Just like sharing my story, when you share your story, it's like someone else hears it and they're like, oh, that that same thing happened for me. Um, Yeah, there, there were some stories that I felt, oh my gosh, that would absolutely help other people because it wasn't something specific to ours. It was something else. And I'm still not going to read them, but, but I think, oh my gosh, so many other people must have been in that same situation. They would love to hear that. So we're not just here wanting you to hear our story and connect to it. We're here to be a connection to your story to connect to other people Mm -hmm. because your story contains elements that our story doesn't, but it contains elements that someone else's story does. And so we're just a cog in the wheel. Did I say that right? A cog in the machine, whatever. And and we're here to connect. So if we can read it, anonymous, not anonymous, if we can read it, please let us know because there you, I was I was so heartwarmed with the people that said we have helped them. Yeah. We have helped them. And you could contribute to helping someone else by sharing your story. I'm not but if it's okay to read it, just please let us know. Because I, I look forward to that in the future. I do. Um, if you have any specific questions, concerns, mm-hmm. or comments that you want to make, um, and of course, if you want to send in your story, please email us at survivingonwineandcusswords at gmail.com. We've got survivingonwineandcusswords.com, which links us to all our um, YouTube videos, all socials. Mm-hmm. We have Instagram. Just have four or five little posts on there, but we're trying to we're trying to pump it up. And we've gotten some more followers on Instagram. And every week, like I said, we're gonna update our cork picture yeah. on the Instagram. So, you know, in, if there's any updates, we'll put it on there. So surviving on wine and cuss words, Instagram, website, and at gmail.com. Yeah. You can get us anyway. You have any closing remarks for the week? My closing remarks are I have three day shifts next week to work and then I will get to go see your brother. And I'm super happy. I'm looking forward to that. And that is what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to focus on to keep me happy, you know, until I get there. It's actually been, it's actually been the longest I've ever been away from either one of my children without seeing them. Do you realize that? He let, we went to see him in September Mm -hmm. around Bo's birthday um, in September. I have never been that long without physically seeing, hugging, being with either one of you Mm -hmm. because you were at school and you were away, but you know, we had weekends every here and there. You can't just weekend a five-hour flight to Colorado. Right. You've got to plan that shit. you got to save money for that shit. Yeah. We're only going to be there for three days anyway, but it's around his birthday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like six feet of snow, yeah. and and I hate that, but, it's, but I love him. But this is actually, I am in the midst of the longest time I've ever been away from either one of you in my life. I'm so happy that you're here yeah, now. That. I'm, it's hard. It's hard, especially like he was sad the other day and he FaceTimed me 
and oh, I wanted to hug him so bad. I just wanted to hug him, and I couldn't because you can't just jump on a plane and go. But but when he got sad, within two weeks, I was I had had plane tickets and said I'm going to see him because. I love him and I miss him and I'm so glad that you're here with me now and I'm so glad that you're happy with your partner and I'm so glad that you found some peace and happiness. Those are my parting words. Yeah. You have peace and happiness. We work on it every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just come. Yeah. We work on it every day and we're here to help you work on it too. Yeah. You're for beautiful people. For every bit of communication that me and Rob got right, we got to <laughs> that's right that's right i agree finally just figured out how to talk to each other and how to, mm-hmm. to it's like you have up. this big jigsaw puzzle and for every time it didn't match yeah you figure it out you figure it out and there's the piece so um thank you <laughs> take your medicine surviving on one words at gmail.com um, have a wonderful week. Have a happy new year. Yeah, we're, this is going to be a great year. I said it last it's time. This is going to be a great year. year. I don't know why. I just have this feeling. It's going to um, be a great year. It's just really great things are going to happen this year. That's right. So. We love it. We love you. Thank you for coming and cheers. Cheers. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Awesome. <laughs>